Hey, Swanee, what's up? Maddie, Maddie Mo. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Just catching up on some sports. Oh, nice. Well, welcome. This could be our first ever episode if we ever publish this. <laughs> it could be. It could be. So what are you watching uh, FA Cup this weekend? Yeah, I just finished watching the uh, the Chelsea Southampton game. And what did you think? Uh, I kind of knew that Chelsea was going to have it from the beginning, but uh, I just needed to watch to make sure that what I was thinking was right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and did you think it was much of a match? No, I mean Chelsea had Chelsea's got far too many good players to uh, for Southampton to deal with, and Southampton's got bigger fish to fry, right? And Chelsea were at home too, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But I mean, they said they said that about Tottenham yesterday, and look what that got them, right? So. Yeah, it, I mean, if uh, Southampton would have won that, they're most likely going to get relegated. But if they would have won that, it would have given their season some kind of meaning. Like if they could have squeaked out into a trophy this year. Yeah. But no trophy for them, relegation for them. No yeah. soup for you, Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> double, <laughs> double suck, eh? Yeah. You're out of here. Plus, anybody who is still on the team that's of any value will probably get sold off in the summer. Big time. And they're, they're probably going to get some cash back. There's some good players on that team. Yeah, well, I don't even think they spent very much of that Van Dyke money. And no. Gabadini is going to be on his way out of town. Like, Yeah, he, he doesn't want to play first division English football. No, I think he wants to go back to Italy. He, yeah. uh, certain players' styles like fit with a certain le- country's leagues. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think him and England really were a perfect match. Yeah. The pass is just not cutting it in Southampton for him, man. So then the other FA Cup match between Tottenham and Man U. What did you think of that? Pretty good first half. Yeah, pretty good first half. Pretty tight. Um, and uh, uh, that first goal, I don't know, man. It kind of looked like Pogba wasn't trying all that much. Uh, yeah. on, the tra- on the track back, I think he was kind of uh, relying on his defenders a bit too much. But uh, he definitely made up for it in the second half. Yeah. And uh, that Sanchez really came to play yesterday, I thought. He did. Yeah, he you did. You never know what kind of Sanchez you're going to get. Yeah, exactly. He scored one and he even assisted or he, uh, he helped out on the second one. Which was, yeah. Uh, it was a nice goal, too. See, man, you yeah. have, like, all the weapons. It's just a matter of, like, sorting them out properly and organizing that attack yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like, they just need to retool a little bit in the off season and optimize their lineup. Totally. Yeah, I was reading in um, the Telegraph today that uh, it looks like Martial is going to be on the way out in the summer, and I don't think that's too much of a stretch. I think he's probably going to probably head to the mainland, mainland Europe to play. Yeah, so he hasn't really been... He's like, what, second or third off the bench a lot of matches? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, with Sanchez there, it's tough uh, because he's got all the experience of playing in the league. Plus, he's I mean, he's older, but he's still a better player than Martial, I think. So. And they play Lengart before him, and they play, like, Rat- Rashford before him on mm. the depth chart. Like, I remember two years ago, Martial was getting, like, more playing time then than he is now. Mm. And, yeah, he's one of those guys that's just kind of rotting away on the bench in his prime. So he needs to be playing first-team football for sure. Big time. Yeah, he's just stewing away on the bench, man. He, uh, I feel bad for him. I don't know why uh, 
Hugo Lloris didn't start yesterday because if I was Tottenham, this is your one thing that you can do in the season. You can still win a trophy. Yeah. And well, they said uh, they said in the pregame that uh, Vorm was starting because uh, Pochettino had an agreement with him from last year uh, that he was going to be the FA Cup goalie, kind of similar to how Caballero is the uh, FA Cup goalie for Chelsea. So, uh, yeah, they had an agreement last year and then he got injured last year and uh, he came back. So I think Pochettino made a promise to him that he would be the goalie. But I agree with you. I think Pochettino probably should have just been like, nah. We're going to go with Lloris. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. Would you, what do you think? Do you think Lloris would have saved any of those goals? That- I think on the second goal that mm. maybe he could have, He, I feel like he he would have had that. Yeah. Maybe the experience. Also, it's like sometimes just the way, like if you, you play different with a different guy in nets. Yeah. So if you have your de- defenders the way, they, the way they're commanded by the goalkeeper and I just I felt like on that second goal I'm like mm, I I don't know like if I was a coach I after the game would have felt like I wonder if we had started our number one keeper if we would have won that match yeah but, yeah I don't know man but uh, that, that kind of sets up a pretty juicy final uh, Mourinho against his old team in London yes and it could be uh, the last trophy that Conte wins for Chelsea because he could very well be gone at the end of the year too yeah i could see him leaving so it is a juicy final that's a good final yeah uh, did you uh did you see william leave the pitch today when they subbed him out i didn't yeah they they subbed him out they put uh bakioko on the central midfielder they put him on maybe in like 60th minute or so and william left the field and he just went right to the locker room so i feel like he's gonna leave uh, there's rumors that he's going to be yeah. a menu in the summer. I think that there's going to be so many pieces moved, so many players and pieces to settle. And then whenever, you know, how the transfer window closes two weeks earlier this year, or maybe it's a month earlier, but basically when the season starts, yeah. the window is closed. So I like this better because there's going to be more action and action's going to happen earlier probably. And then teams aren't like, you know what team you're getting earlier yeah. on in the season. Rather than like, okay, a month has played and now we've retooled a little bit and now we'll see how these guys gel. Like it's just the teams are gonna come together totally. a lot quicker. I actually I actually think he will end up at Manchester United um in the summer. I think that fits really well. They need they've got Manchester United have uh they've got Rashford who's predominantly left, they've got uh Sanchez who's predominantly on the left wing, and they've got Martial, who like we said before, might be on the way out, but he's predominantly left wing. None of those guys are super comfortable on the right. Mourinho puts them there, but not super comfortable. Whereas William is a right winger, right? So, so he would fit in nicely. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that actually has, has legs that actually might happen. Yeah. It kind of, his behavior, as you described it today, is kind of like Sanchez whenever he was at Arsenal. Like you knew that he was going to be leaving from yeah. the way that he was behaving. So, yeah, I love all the behind the scenes with football, how it's like, okay, um, these guys can switch to a whole different league. Like, you might not even see him play. You might not have to play against yeah. him ever again. Or he could be playing against you, like, two important matches every year. And yeah. you know what I mean? But, Big time. Uh, 
So those were on, and then there were a few matches this weekend as well, but nothing to. No, no, I kind of wanted to watch. I, I kind of wanted to watch Arsene Wenger's first game after saying that he was going to pack it in, and then I was just like, nah, I don't, I don't care enough. Well, you know what? I actually yeah. checked at the end of that match, and uh, Lacazette mm. scored two goals late, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think that it's so funny how everyone wanted him out for so long. And, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Ars- he brought Arsenal to relevance. And he brought them like a He brought them a lot of stuff. And I don't know. I think the owners make money off of that team. They don't really reinvest necessarily. Like, whenever they sold Van Piercy, for me, it was kind of like, wow, you're selling yeah. your best player to your I know. Like, and they, Yeah, and it's not the first time, right, like, with Maddox going from Chelsea to uh, – to United, not that Maddich was their biggest player, but still to a rival. Yes, but uh, for Arsenal, they were mm. such sellers, you know, and it's just like, hang on to these guys because you know when Man U is ahead of you in the standings that they wouldn't necessarily be if you, you know, your guy is Yeah, exactly. You're basically them. winning the league for them. So... Yeah, it's almost like Dortmund, how they're a feeder club to Bayern Munich. Well, like Arsenal has kind of become a feeder club to yeah. bigger clubs because they aren't like a top yeah. four Don't club. get me started on Bayern Munich, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll save, we'll save that for, for another, another episode. Another, yeah, for another sure. Day. Um, yeah. So I, I did watch Liverpool yesterday, I guess, against West Brom. And it just seemed like a walk in the park. And then, of course, at the very end of the match, like, two, it was 2 nothing Liverpool. And then West Brom get one decent one. And then there's a call that's kind of, like, iffy, just outside the 18-yard eight box on the flank. And then a decent goal by Rondon. But uh, 2-2. And then just, like, wow. You know, you don't like that kind of momentum going into. I think the guys who probably yeah. actually checked out and they're already. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking too. Maybe they were just. Uh, well, the game in general, they were probably just thinking, you know, rest and and they had one eye on. Um, they had one eye on the the matchup with Roma midweek. Yeah, so that's like a. I think that's a classic like loss of focus at the end of the match, and I don't know, like. Ings was playing. He started the match for Liverpool. He was up front, scored a goal. Nice. And it's like, that guy's not going to be playing for you most likely on Tuesday. So maybe just keep him in there and let him eat some more minutes. Exactly. I don't know. He's in the flow of the match. And maybe they're watching his minutes because he's, you know, hasn't played that much this year. But they kept Sal on and he scored a nice goal. When I was doing my fantasy this week, I was kind of thinking like, uh, I don't know if they're going to play Salah at all, so I kept him off yeah. my fantasy lineup and went with Mane. But then, yeah, Salah scored, of course. So yeah, yeah, no, I think that uh, I think they were probably they're resigned to the fact that uh, they're uh, they're in third place. They could push for second place, but third place is basically going to get you the same spot in Champions League. And basically, why fight for a bigger spot in the Premier League when you could win? The uh, you could win the trophy that you're fighting for position for in your own league, right? So why not? Right. Why not put your efforts on winning the trophy that instead of like instead of putting all your efforts on qualifying for that uh, for that event next year when you're you're already in the spots? Like I can't see I can't see the top three changing at all. I can, I don't even see Tottenham dropping out at all. Um, 
Well, you know what? Tottenham have one game in hand right now, and if they win that, they're tied with yeah. Liverpool for points. But Liverpool have yeah. one goal differential. So then it it's like down the stretch. What do we have? Four game weeks left? I think there's three, three left. Yeah, and one of them is a double game week. So there's a, a lot of match. Like, there's still a lot of points to be had, a lot of things. Hungry clubs mm. at the bottom that are, like, those matches that might be easier mid-season. All of a sudden, teams that are fighting for points are, like, grinding for them. So, yeah, it's always fun watching all this football down the stretch because when you're watching, like, a Southampton play against uh, West Ham. I know that bottom, the bottom of the Premier League table is congested. Hey, you've got, you've got so Absolutely. many teams. It is, but it is. But do you actually see the bottom three changing? Like West Brom. Yeah, they're 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 Gandhi. Um, and then Stoke City are Stoke City are tied with Stoke Southampton Stoke has a game in hand now. on them, but. But uh, but Swansea has two games in hand on Southampton, and they sit right above them. Um, so, yeah, I don't really see Southampton doing much. I mean, you never know. They've got four games left, right? That's 12 points. So if they won all of those games, which is super unlikely, they could find themselves out. So really anything can happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is super congested. There's like – Southampton has 29 points. And so basically – uh, nine points separate 11 through 19. So basically, right. yeah, it looks like Newcastle United in 10th is uh, they're they're I'd say they're probably safe with 40, 40 plus points. But every well, what does Southampton have? Are how many points back from 17th place? Five uh, yeah, they're four points behind. Yeah, so I mean, four very points. doable. So they have to. Win like if they win two games, they need to win two games yeah. extra basically out of their four matches left. Yep, four or five. I don't know. I just I don't see a team like them or Stoke <laughs> stringing together a couple wins. Like they basically need to finish with like three wins in their final five. Exactly. Games, something like and, that. And no, it's not, not gonna happen. Not for teams like we're. Nah, no, nah, bro, nah. nah. Not gonna happen. The uh, like, <laughs> if you if you think about like top, I don't know, eight teams in the Premier League, maybe they could string together. You know what I mean? Depending on what their fixture lists look like, but we're talking yeah. about Southampton and Stoke teams that have exactly. Been all year but I mean, let's see, Southampton. Where's their results? They play Bournemouth next, which is a that's a winnable game, and they play at home. So I mean, start there and see what happens. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's all you can really do. But there seems to be like no, I don't know, nothing happening there in Southampton. They're so flash after being like a top ten club for the last yeah, what, five probably years? plus man. I can't even remember them being in in uh, being relegated to the championship. They they were so respectable for so long. Like they never conceded goals. They were always either drawing or winning one nothing. Or if they lost, yeah. it wasn't a blowout. You could always take the under on a Southampton yeah. match, but yeah, and they're and yeah. After Bournemouth, they have Everton, Swansea uh, away both matches, and then they host City at home. It looks like to finish the season. So, uh, so we'll just chalk one loss up there. I suppose they're gonna they're definitely gonna lose to Man City, uh, and the yeah. other three are doable. I mean, if they if they get some points from that, they could get up. Not that I want to spend an extensive amount of time talking about Southampton, but. Uh, 
No, but it'll it makes for good football to watch at the end of the year. And when you're not sure, it's like okay, so Man City already have. That's the thing that I think North American sports watchers they don't get to do this where it's like okay when you have the most regular season points in the NHL you, you win the president's trophy no one gives yeah. a shit about that but that's like the same thing as what man city have done right now so it's too bad in north american sports that they but the thing is over in in europe for soccer there's mm. so much more to play for you're not just playing for, you want to play for the trophy but if you don't win the trophy then you can still play for a champions league spot you can still play for Europa spot. You still have to play for your life to stay yeah. in that level, to play, stay in the premiership. So it's like there's so much. Maybe sometimes it's even more fun to watch the struggling teams who are those players, you know, they're still auditioning for big clubs for next year if they big get time. relegated. And if they don't get relegated, then they're still up. So And they're just making themselves look better. Plus, it's a World Cup mm. year right now. So... With it being a World Cup year, it's like everything is that much more yeah. magnified. But yeah, these guys play so much soccer; it's crazy. Like, how do your body? When do they get rest, or how much rest do they need? Because you got to keep yeah. them in rhythm. Yeah, we figure we, you know, as as consumers, we just figure that they're like robots; they're ready to go. But uh, there's probably a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes, right? That you don't see. But, um, yeah, you kind of like think. So back in the day, I was listening to some soccer podcasts this weekend, and they're saying how. Back in the day, guys used to go for a pint with, like, players from the other team after a match. And, you know, that would just be kind of, like, in the times where you had the landline. It's just, like, everyone knows to go to this place at these times. Whereas now it's so easy to connect, and we can connect in other ways. Like, if you didn't do it then, and maybe there are guys that both play for England, but when they play, like, as their domestic teams head-to-head, you know, after the match, they get to go and hang out. But now players aren't doing anything. They're not having beers after the match. Like, they're rehydrating properly, and they're going to refuel with good food. And then they're doing, like, their physio, and they're doing their this, yeah. and their conditioning, and stretching. And you think that they're, like, out partying, getting bottle service Definitely and all this not, stuff. Though. Like, Ronaldo doesn't seem like the kind of guy that, like, ever gets bottle service. Like, Sidney Crosby doesn't seem like the kind yeah. of guy that gets bottle service. Like, most of these high-end guys aren't the George Bests <laughs> of the past. Because you can't be. Like, there's no... You'll have no place in the game. And when you're like that, you have too many cracks and your character yeah, will break. Especially it. knowing that the guys on the other team that you're, you know, you're battling against, you're playing against next week are definitely, you know, putting in like extra effort to be better. You're not, you're not going out to do bottle service, right? You're going, you're hitting the gym or you're doing some strength training or something along those lines, right? So... Yeah, it's like more of a grind now than ever because there's so much on the line. Like, you can get a bigger contract. You can get more endorsements. You can get, like, you only have so much time while your body's healthy to be able to make the money as an athlete. And now there's more money to be made than ever. So, like, everything is, like, so microscopic that you have to, you know, all the little pixels that make the picture, you have to make sure every little pixel is a good one. Yeah. But uh, back in the day, you didn't have to be so cautious of it. It's just kind of like, it's you were maybe harder to replace, whereas now, like, they have a million... Think about this, the tracking of athletes these days, like their medical tracking and their, their nutrition tracking and their sleep tracking and everything is being tracked. Their social footprint is yeah. being tracked. Like you, there's so many more ways to get in trouble now. There's so many more things to be held yeah. accountable to now versus back True. Yeah, the, the regimens yeah. that, uh, that these players are going through are through the roof. 
Um, so what, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with Roma and Liverpool and my boy and my boy Ronnie okay. and Byron? Champions League. Champions yeah. League talk time. So prediction time. All right. Liverpool host, I believe they host on Tuesday and then they play the following Wednesday in Roma. Because I was a little like, oh, I was hoping that we were going to be hosting the second. It's obviously the advantage to have the second yeah, exactly. flag at home, right? Because if you're a little bit behind, then you have that extra momentum from your crowd. Or you're like, okay, we're down by like two goals. Or we didn't concede any. We scored an away goal, so we have that. Like, I don't know. It's just a better position to be in. But I think that Liverpool are going to be yeah. ready to roll. I, I think that Roma are like still so yeah. underrated. Like they're, they don't get the same coverage as like the, the Italian league doesn't get any coverage compared to the Spanish league or the German league or the English league. But in Allison, the keeper for Roma, in my opinion, is yeah. like one of the top Super underrated. in the world right now. I think that he can single-handedly win you a match and he will be the number one goalie for Brazil this year at the World Cup. Oh, yeah, and that's going to help them. Right? I think that they're going to go a long way. I think they have the best chance to win the World Cup and I think Allison's a big reason why. Yeah, when you have a goalie like, well, Buffon basically took Italy all the way. And yes, they have a very defensive system, but he barely conceded any goals in that World Cup. And it kind of proved that a goalie can take you. Oliver Kahn yep. is another guy that took Germany very far. So when you have a, a great goalie or like imagine if England had a goalie like one of those guys, like all of a sudden it just like breeds like positive energy in your dressing room and confidence. And all of a sudden your team can feels like they can do more than maybe – if you had, like, that's the difference between what we were talking about, like, Hugo Lloris in the pipes yesterday yeah. versus Vorm. But, I mean, it, it is understandable that you want to let your backup have something yeah. to work to. Yeah, give him something. Throw him some scraps. But anyway, back... <laughs> exactly. FA Cup, Cup scraps. But that wasn't a scrap. Yeah, big time. Cut. Okay, so back to Roma-Liverpool. I, I have to say that I would think that Liverpool are the better mm. team on paper. And the way that we're playing right now, I mean, Roma are playing unreal to beat Barcelona to accomplish what they did to get to this point is like a remarkable feat in itself. Much like when Barcelona beat Paris Saint-Germain 6-1 in the second mm-hmm. leg last year. So I, I honestly think that knowing Liverpool, they usually find a way to like screw up. And they, they screw up when they're they're not supposed to but they accomplish things whenever yeah. you don't expect them to and i feel like right now we're playing with house money like you went to the casino with like a hundred bucks and then you are up a hundred so you put that first mm-hmm. hundred in your pocket and now you're trying to make what profit with what so if we lose at this point it's just kind of like well whatever this is really good for our recruiting for the summer for next year we know we compete at this level like we know we're a top 10 yep. club in europe we are right now, and we're in way better shape than Chelsea, Arsenal, in better shape than Tottenham. Like, Tottenham are doing well to hang on to their yeah. stars right now. I think that's only a matter of time before, like, Ericsson and Kane. Once that new stadium opens, the next year they could be out if, you know, if the Spurs don't accomplish yeah. anything next year. But I'm going to say Liverpool – I'm going to say that Liverpool find a way to win. Do you want to mm. make a prediction? I, I'm not saying that they're going to win the first leg. I'm going to say that – yeah, I guess they have to win the first leg to win the whole thing because they're not going to outdo Roma in Roma. So Liverpool will mm-hmm. win this week, and I'm going to say that they win 2-1. That's a fair home. prediction. 
Yeah, after me rambling. <laughs> like yeah, 2-1. A very conservative, a very conservative uh, prediction. Yeah, I think that's not too far off. I could see it being a little bit more high scoring, maybe 3-2. Uh, but yeah, like a one-goal differential. Neither team really all that well-known for their defense. Um, but uh, But both teams can put the ball in the back of the net, so... Uh, that's the thing. I think, yeah, maybe you're onto something where it is going to be a more high. And if you were to put the over under, Vegas would probably have the over under at like probably more than four, uh, four goals or like four and a half. You have to decide whether it's going to be less than mm. four or more than four. You know what? I'm going to say that there is, there is going to be. Well, Liverpool is very well known for putting the ball in the back of the net. So I could see them scoring four by themselves. Um, Especially, I don't think yeah. Raw has anybody in particular uh, on defense that uh, can can keep those those three front runners at bay. So, no, they're like really t- offensively heavy. Where they're like, okay, we'll just outrun teams or outscore yeah. teams. But they were able to keep Messi under wraps in that last that last matchup. So, um, I mean, if they can keep Messi yeah. under wraps, then they could probably do the same for Salah. Uh, so you never know, but yeah, I think three two for Liverpool in the first leg at least, and then uh, kind of see where it goes from there. And then we'll go. We'll, we won't yeah, pick yeah. the next one yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll, hang on, because we got to see the injuries <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But okay, you're gonna say three two. I'll stick yeah. with my two one. But I, I don't know. That's what my gut's telling me. I feel like since Van Dyke's mm. been back there, he's made such a difference. Clean up everything. Like the team just plays with with so much more confidence and. I've been feeding off of him, and maybe – I mean, hopefully he doesn't start this match against Roma, the last Champions League match against Man City. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Where he, like, thought that he got fouled, and then he turned over the ball, yeah. and they did, like, two passes, yeah. and then it was in the back of the Yeah, match. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, I think that was yeah. just the... – I don't think he's going to – he's lucky to get away with that, like how it didn't cost them. Dear yeah, yeah, that was game. an oversight for sure. I, I'm sure he won't make that same mistake, but he's he's in that – prime matchup that I think it's going to be a key matchup for the, for, uh, for the match that I'll be watching is uh, he'll, he's a big guy, but he'll have to mark Jekko for Roma. And Jekko, I think is six, four, pretty big guy, a bit of a handful. At least Barcelona didn't have anybody that could kind of keep him well marked. Uh, And Titi didn't. Yeah. He's been one of the best for champions league. Yeah. One of the top scorers. right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a key matchup for Liverpool. And not saying that they'll be able to do a perfect job, but like keeping an eye on him. And Van Dyke is probably one of the only defenders I can think of in in Europe that is big enough to give him give him a run for his money. But Jacko, if he gets going, it, that could be difficult for Liverpool. So I'll be watching that matchup for sure. Sweet, that's a good call. So if you're looking at matchups, mm-hmm. that is a big time matchup to watch. Yeah, yeah. So especially in the air too. Mm-hmm. Right, like off corners and set pieces. Yeah, the big guys—they get a lot more, uh, a lot more advantage in the air, right? Yeah, so that'll be a big one to watch. Especially remember that goal—the third goal that Roma scored against Barca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's like off the right flank, a ball coming in, and then he kind of just like redirected it free. Uh, far yeah, post. was that off a corner, or was that just a, was that just a free that, ball? That was just a free oh, kick. Okay. Yeah. But, like, set plays like that, like, Roma are very good on set plays. Yeah. And, yeah, their attack is probably, what, top top five in Europe. Yeah. Easy. Imagine if they still had Mo Salah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he would have been as good, though. I mean, I think, like I said previous times that we've talked, I think he's excelling in this system with Klopp. But, yeah, imagine. Imagine if they still had, uh, if they still had Salah. 
Yeah. No, then it would take away from some other, like, budding star. But, yeah, it's too bad that they didn't get a little more money for him or they didn't build in some kind of clause. Yeah. Like, if he scores this many <laughs> goals, you get this much more. Yeah. Or... Okay, so the other matchup then, do we want to Yeah, Bayern and, uh, and Real. I think the first leg is in Munich. Um, so that'll be interesting. I think that uh, now that uh, Real has Ramos back, uh, for this matchup, I think the defense should be a little bit more sound than that second leg against Juventus, or at least hopefully they patched up the holes a bit. Yeah, if he was in that match against Juventus, Juventus wouldn't have came as close as they yeah. did. Yeah, well, at least you would think not. Yeah. No, Ramos back will be big. And so do you foresee Real Madrid winning the whole well, I mean, the whole shebang, like going on to the final after taking care of Bayern Munich. My, yeah, my biases aside, obviously, um, I think that uh, if Ramos is back and uh, that allows um, other players on that uh, on that uh, Real Madrid team to play their natural position, uh, um, specifically uh, like allowing those central midfield players to. Uh, move forward a little bit more. I feel like in that last match against Juventus, they were, uh, they were a little bit pinned back because they were trying to make up for their, um, their def- uh, def- defensive, uh, uh, defensive deficiencies. deficiencies. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I think that they'll be a little bit more attack minded, or at least they'll have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, uh more options on attack. Like uh, Marcelo will be able to move forward a little bit more. And uh, Casemiro will be able to play center of the park instead of like basically just another central defender. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's true. What a difference he'll <clears throat> make being in the lineup because those guys can kind of they had to hold a little bit more rather than yeah. taking off last game. So it changes your whole defensive game plan. Yeah, I could see. Uh, I could see it being either. I guess if I have to make a prediction, I would say two-one for Real Madrid in the first leg. Two, one. Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie with both of them. Ronaldo, two goals, two nothing, and that is in Bayern Munich. Yeah. So I can see I'd Bayern say, would have to yeah. come to yeah, Madrid. Madrid and score three goals. Yep, or at least two. At least I, two I, to I could see that goals. being being the the uh, the storyline because uh, Madrid have I think better scoring or better better attack, better midfield. Although it's still pretty close, I would say, but better, better midfield, and then that same storyline with Juventus, right, where they came back with a lead and they kind of squandered it, and I could see that storyline kind of repeating itself, where you know they go back to Real with a lead in the in the from the first leg away, and then the questions asked will be, will will they do the same thing as they did? Will they capitulate like they did against Juventus? Right. Okay. So you're saying two nothing in the first leg and. Ultimately, you believe that Real Madrid will move through. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, are you thinking Liverpool against? Real I think that would be the, like for for a neutral, for neutrals, and for you know soccer fans in general. I think that would be the best matchup. Okay, but what about is that what you're? Yeah, predicting? I'm thinking in the final when we get when we boil it down, barring any injuries, I think it'll be Real Madrid and Liverpool. Okay, well. I have to agree with you. I've I've had this like feeling that Real Madrid and Liverpool, they just like are destined to meet mm. each other. And I I know that like Mo Salas.
You still there? Like showcase himself to the world to his potential future employers <laughs> in the final. But yeah. I honestly think I think Mo Salah is going to stick around Liverpool because he fits their system so well. And yes, it's like kind of like how Coutinho left to go to Barcelona. It's like their dream to play for you know the biggest club or one of the biggest clubs in the world. Well, Liverpool is like a very very big club. They're not Real Madrid or Barcelona, but they have a ton of history. And with Klopp, with what he's built the stock is continuing to rise and more people want to hop on board. Yeah, I agree. I think Liverpool is going to be a good team for years to come. Thanks to him. So, okay. I'm going to say that I do think that Real Madrid are going to go through to the final. And I think it's going to be against Liverpool, Mm. or at least I hope. And, (laughs) and I'm going to say that the first leg, I'm just going to say that it's going to go one, one. I feel like it's mm. going to be a relatively like tight game, mm. and I think that Bayern Munich's going to get the first goal. Real Madrid's going to score later on to equalize, like in the second half, and then they're going to go back to Real Madrid. And well, we'll see who has cards and who's injured at that point. But I do think that Real Madrid are going to end up going through. They'll only need a one nothing win at home after that. So that's a that's a that's a fair prediction. Yeah, I think that. They're both very relatively offensive teams, and I think that they're probably going to try to – it's almost like neutralize each other's biggest weapons, and then whatever's left will kind of play. Mm. And those guys that are left, it'll be like maybe a set-piece goal each or something like – you know what I mean? Yeah. I think but, that uh, I think the, the main difference is that uh, Bayern Munich come from a league where they're, I don't feel like they're challenged to the same extent as Real Madrid is in the Spanish league. Like, I feel like they walk away with things pretty easily in the German league. Uh, They do. They do. I mean, there's no... So, if you look at the Spanish league, right now, the top, like, six teams are all, like, pretty good teams. Mm. Like, you have uh, Real... Well, Barca in first place, and then Atletico second. Real is probably in third right now. Valencia Mm. fourth. I think Sevilla is fifth. Like, there's lots of great clubs. There's, you know, how Sevilla took out Man U this year in Champions League. So, this yeah. is with the caliber that we're looking at. But yeah. when you look at the German League, I mean, Dortmund had been really good for a number of years. They're in a bit of a slump since they've lost Klopp. They've been going down. Mm. And uh, Leipzig, Red Bull with Nabi Keita. Yeah. They, they were really good last year, came out of nowhere. But, I mean, with Bayern Munich, it just seems like they're just like a, a monopoly like they just, anytime a good player comes from anywhere else or any good young German player, they just gobble them up. And it's, it's just true. kind of like they're almost surrendered or they surrendered themselves to Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't like the German league. I don't watch any German league for that reason. I feel like it's just kind of like a one team league and everybody else is just, just fighting over the scraps below the table. And, but for that reason, I think that I don't know that Bayern are ready for an opponent like, uh, like Real Madrid. I mean, they played, they played against Sevilla, who actually, just to correct you, are in seventh place in the Spanish League. Oh, seventh. And they, they have one of the worst goal differentials in the Spanish League, minus 11 goals. Uh, like, the, that's, that's the worst by far in the top half of the table. Uh, and they, they still only let in 
I think the the aggregate score with that was two one, like it was zero zero in the second leg, in Munich, in the second leg, uh, and so I don't know if if uh, if uh, Bayern Munich can only get those results from Sevilla, then what does that say about how they're going to do against Real Madrid? So um, I don't know. I kind of I hold out that uh, Real Madrid are better prepared to play against the top team or at least the top players that Bayern Munich has than vice versa. Yeah, and I feel like Real Madrid are one of these clubs that they really turn it on. For, like, Champions League is their tournament. They've won it two times in a row, right? Yeah. They're looking to be, is this the maybe the first club ever to win three in three a row? Three in a row, yeah. So, I mean, if, for, you know that Ronaldo wants this because there's no more Messi. So, if he can win this trophy, he has a big chance at winning the Baldor this Again, year. yeah, like, true. It's still up for grabs. And if he wins this Baldor, I think it gives him one more than Messi. Yeah. So, if he gets another Champions League and if he gets another Baldor, like, I think that Messi should be known as, like, the greatest footballer of all time. I think that Ronaldo is the greatest goal scorer of all time. Mm, but exactly. I think that Messi is the greatest footballer of all time. And uh, you really can't go wrong with having either of them. But for Ronaldo, he loves accolades and he loves the vanity. And yeah. he, wants, he wants to win more than anyone else that's still in this tournament right now. But I think that him or Mo Salah, like if you had to pick a guy of the tournament, they're both like right there and they're both competing for the golden boot. I think Messi would obviously be right there for the golden boot, but... That's still so, like Ronaldo. Don't don't count out Ronnie yet, man. He's he's a machine. No, so he didn't have. He had an awesome Champions League, like scoring basically the goal of the year, and so clutch. You just know he's going to be there for you. But he didn't do a whole lot in the Spanish league this year compared to what he's normally doing, right? Yeah, Barca like Messi totally outdid him in the Spanish league. So and then look at what Mo Salah's done. Like he's killed it in the English league more than. Ronaldo or Messi in the Spanish. And then for Champions League, he's right there with Ronaldo for how much like he matters to his team. He probably matters even more than Ronaldo matters to Real Madrid. Yeah. So honestly, like I know people are used to giving the ball d'or to some like big flashy name. It's like, you know, Ronaldo or Messi. But in mm. this case, I honestly feel like Mo Salah and there's still it's not totally finished the season. There's still very important things to be done yet. Mm. But I think that, you know, watch Mo Salah, Baldor. Mm. I don't know who else would get it besides him or Ronaldo or Messi. Can mm. you tell me? No, I can't. I can't think anybody else that has impressed the same level. I mean, Harry Kane's there. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, they're in fourth in the in the EPL. They're out of Champions League. And they, he's, like, claiming goals. They're like, it touched my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I love how, like, the internet, like, blew up on that, like, yeah. how, you know, other games were happening. They're like, oh, that was Harry Kane's goal. It went off his hair. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. I can see what he's saying. Like, he's in a goal race, and, like, I'm sure it did touch his hair and everything. The, the real but... question to ask is, if the roles were reversed, and it was Harry Kane that was in the lead, and, uh, you know, Mo Salah, who had that opportunity, or it was, like, exactly the same, and it really didn't look like Mo Salah had it, and they challenged it. Do you really think the FA would have given that goal award to an Egyptian guy? No, not not, <laughs> not to not to make it about race, but like it's the FA, it's English, it's an English guy trying to win the Golden Boot. The FA probably probably wants deep down they want a British guy to win it because it's better yeah. publicity. So I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't actually think that they would have given Mo Salah the same 
respect as they gave but Harry Kane. Mo Salah wouldn't have challenged it either. He would have been yeah. like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a. It was he was a bit of a smoke break for uh, for even challenging it, eh? Well, it's like, yeah, he is. That's why everyone's making fun of him because it's like yeah. it doesn't really matter. And no. but I mean, like when you retire, it's kind of like that is an extra. You know, what if he finishes on like. 199 career goals and then <laughs> you're like ah but that one that touched my hair like <laughs> it touched my hair i want to be in the 200 club yeah yeah i don't think there's any doubt that he's going to get to that but uh, but those yeah. those things don't even matter at the end of the day like nah. you don't get remembered for like whether it was one extra goal or not it's nah. like whether it's those big moments that you make and you know ronaldo's Kane really doesn't have any moments that you remember him for. No, he's just Ronaldo, there. Ronaldo, you remember him for, you know, coaching Portugal on the sidelines in the <laughs> Euro final when he yeah. was injured. Yeah. And you remember him from ripping his jersey off and scoring huge goals. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, like, I'm excited to see what he can do with this Portugal team, man, in the World Cup. Well, they're, they're good. Like, nah. if you look at that roster, they're full of great players. And People just don't necessarily – they're not all, like, the biggest names that everyone, like, in North America, you know, they're not going to know all these guys who are kind of, like, second-tier, third-tier stars. Yeah. but They'll, pro- they'll probably know Ronnie, though. <laughs> well, this is his last World Cup that he's going to be of relevance. Like, in four years' time, he'll probably be on Portugal, but he won't be a top-ten player in the world. No. No, I can see that, too. Yeah, they so, get Spain. They get Spain. Very first match of the World Cup, or not the very first match, but the first match in their group is uh, Spain and Portugal. That's tough, but at least they don't. I mean, there's no real group of death this year, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of like very balanced, good groups. Mm. Yeah, we'll I have to about, we'll have to talk about that next time, man. We gotta save, yeah, we gotta save we'll some juicy stuff for a, next time. A, a chat on that one, talking about the groups and whatnot, but. So we have our we did a little recap for this week FA Cup we know that's going to be coming up, and then we have our Champions League predictions. So I think uh, this is a good good first little podcast chat. Yeah, good first podcast chat. Food food for thought. Food for thought. At least you know the more that you tune into these types of things, the more you just pick up little pieces here and there, and then mm. before you know it, all these little pixels turn into a huge picture of soccer knowledge yeah exactly yeah you learn a little bit more right yeah and we'll have to talk you know fantasy for a future episode i think at this point fantasy is kind of lost its luster to a lot of people big time yeah anyone who's not in in still in their leagues and competing for like money or whatever yeah yeah until until the summer when a couple transfers happen and people kind of go oh I got to get him on my fantasy team next year you know what I mean so I'm I'm looking forward to that That's always fun whenever you're like okay this guy's new to fantasy and the prices change over the summer too right Yeah so certain guys like when Vardy first was like Leicester City Vardy he was probably like 5.5 million what mm. the, and then they you know won and the next year he's 8.5 million Yeah and now he's 10 so, you know what I mean yeah yeah, so now there'll be guys from last year who are more expensive, and then there'll be guys who come into the league, and you're like, I wonder if they're going to price them right. Yeah. Because sometimes they undervalue them, sometimes they overvalue them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be like good. Sturridge. I can't no wait. No one's ever going to buy Sturridge. He, he's so overpriced in that league. Like, the, Unless I guess he, they, uh, they say, like, well, he is could be of this value, 
but he'll never be of that value. You know what I mean? No, never. They don't price them to sell. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, man, I anyway, got to hit the gym. Great chatting with you and yeah. enjoy the Champions League. We'll be texting. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Peace. Later.